You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so much for being here with us again this week. Well, we are reaching the end of our summer. I can't believe it. As fast as it got here, it is going away. Here we are at the end of August. If you're listening to this on the podcast, then it may be any time of the year, but we're recording this at the end of August, and we're talking all about preserving our fruits, our vegetables, anything you want to have taste fresh and be of great quality later in the winter. You want to pull it out of the pantry and and eat it. We're talking all about that today. And we've got a repeat guest on Gretchen Anderson is coming on and such a great guest with so much information about preserving and storing great foods over the winter. I love to have Gretchen on, does a great job and has a wealth of information for you. And we're going to have her on in just a moment to talk all about what she's been doing as a master food safety advisor and all of her favorites and methods of canning and preserving food for the winter. Gretchen, thank you so much for coming back on today. It's great to see you again. Always a pleasure, Matt. Well, it's funny. This time of year always seems to sneak up on us, and here we are, and it's the end of summer, Uh huh. and everyone's got things to preserve, and, and winter's coming, and we've got to get ready, and you are our go-to resource. Mm. Well, if you're a gardener, you're, you are in full preservation mode right now because the the harvest is just coming in like mad. Well, if you would, just one more time for everybody. I think this is the third time we've had you on the show, but uh, one time talking about chickens, the other time talking about canning and, and preserving, but... Give everybody just a, a brief introduction of you again. Well, um, am I your Alec Baldwin to Saturday Night Live? Is that what I am? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna. You're the record holder. Okay, cool. So I'm sorry. What was the question? I was caught up in the fact that I've been on so many times. <laughs> just give everybody just a brief introduction again. Just reintroduce okay, yourself. Okay, okay, real quickly. I'm an advanced master gardener with the University of Idaho out in Canyon County, and I'm also an advanced master food safety advisor with the University of Idaho, but in Ada County, and. That's a really long title, but essentially what I know how to do is one, grow food. And I'm a real advocate for growing food in your backyard, being more sustainable in your own footprint. And also the Master Food Safety Advisor is somebody who knows how to properly preserve their food. And it's really important these days, Matt, because recipes from when my grandma was teaching me how to can Mm -hmm. and preserve food and even my mom have changed the acidity level simply the acidity level in vinegar has changed Mm -hmm. from about seven six seven percent to about four to five percent so we're talking a different ph level so it's really important to get a, a helping hand from your local extension agent because they can really help you and turn you on to the master food safety advisors to get tested and approved information. You know, it's funny you, you bring up the, uh, you know, the sustainability and gardening in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. If you read history, it wasn't that long ago where it was considered very patriotic to grow your own food in your backyard. Oh, Victory uh, Gardens. Yeah, Victory Gardens. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And that was, a, you know, that started really about a hundred years ago where our federal government was telling us to keep chickens and yeah. raise hens in our backyard yeah. and plant a victory garden. And it continued until about, you know, the 1960s when it was almost like if you did that, I remember somebody telling 
telling me once upon a time that they had chickens and everybody thought that they were poor because <laughs> they had chickens. And, you know, times have changed and it just, it all comes full circle and a lot of people mm-hmm. are moving toward this. And this is why I, where my interest lies. So I'm having a great time with it. Well, I mean, we're not in the same situation anymore as we were when we had Victory Gardens, but it does go to show you it's a good skill to have it's something you should know how to do absolutely and my kids say in case of the zombie apocalypse mom's got what we need (laughs) that's the next thing to come right yeah right all right well this time of year obviously uh, we've got a bunch of things growing if we're gardeners or small farmers that we want to preserve we don't want to just let go right but on the flip side of that we've got other people who are not but maybe they want to get ready for winter. Maybe they want to put some things aside. So I think both of those things are coming into play right now. Yes, yes. And you know, so often I talk to gardeners, and maybe you do too, Matt, where they say, oh, I plant, you know, eight or 10 varieties of tomatoes every year. And they're really proud about that. And that's (laughs) awesome. And then you say, well, what do you do with all those tomatoes? Mm -hmm. They say, well, I give a few to the neighbors and until they can no longer take them. And we eat a bunch of fresh, but a lot of them just don't, you know, they just don't get used. There are so many ways to preserve tomatoes and easy too. And that's, that's what I'm all about. You know, the project I've been working on is secrets of the lazy urban gardener. I want the shortcut between A and B. And really the simplest way of preserving a tomato, if they're coming in, you know, fast and furious for you, mm-hmm. Grab those big tomatoes that you have and wash them, take them in, wash them, uh, core them. I call it the core, score, and store method. You core them and then uh, you score them on the back, on the underside. So just an X, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you set them on a cookie sheet and huck them in the freezer. Let them freeze overnight. Okay. And then take them out individually and put them in freezer bags. Make sure you date them. So, you know, when you put them in there and then in the wintertime, when you need a fresh tasting tomato, you can grab those tomatoes, set them in your pot that you're going to make some kind of a a stew or soup. Mm -hmm. And because you've already cored it, those skins will just slip right off. And you'll have a stewed, kind of like a stewed tomato, but the fresh tomato taste is still there. Oh, and really? it's, it's wonderful. Easiest way to preserve a tomato. I do that with the big ones. The little ones, of course, would be too labor intensive. Okay. But I just hate to see those big tomatoes die on the vine yeah. when people don't have a use for them. Well, that's our first great tip of the day already. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Okay. I just rolled right into that, didn't I? (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome to be able to preserve those that way. Tell you what, I've got to take a commercial break. When we come back, let's dive into this a little bit deeper. When it comes to legendary performance, only a few chainsaws make the cut. Like the Husqvarna lineup, available at D&B. Years of razor-sharp research led to many of Husqvarna's breakthrough technologies, including anti-vibration dampeners to reduce the impact on your arms and hands, plus a combined choke and stop control that makes the chainsaw easier to start. When you have your work cut out for you, get her done with a Husqvarna. Pick one up at your favorite D&B supply. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At D&B Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. 
All right, Gretchen. Well, I would love that tip about tomatoes before the break. Mm-hmm. Let's jump back in. I wanted to ask you about this, and I don't know that we've ever covered this part before, but for folks who want to preserve food in the many different ways it's possible, ultimately in the long run, I guess after they buy their initial their canning or jarring equipment or whatever it may be, is there a cost savings associated with doing things this way? Oh, you know, I've never penciled it out, Matt. I don't honestly think there's a lot of cost savings, to be honest with you. Okay. But there's such a difference in the food quality. Okay. And I have just a um, huge freezer because, like I said, I want to get from point A to point B fast. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's take beets for an instance. I will bring up all my beets. I will wash and clean them and then I'll have to blanch them and get the skins off, cut them up, freeze them and throw them in um, Ziploc bags. And those beets taste so much better than anything, anything, whether it's organic or, or whatever it is. Even when you go to the restaurant, those beets taste so much better and have a real beet taste to them compared to anything you can buy. So I guess when you say, is there a cost savings? If you had to buy something like that, mm-hmm. you'd pay a lot of money sure. that has just a terrific taste to it, right? Okay. And you know that you grew it and you know that it's safe. You know that it hasn't been contaminated by anything in your backyard. Also, you know what you put on it, whether you're an organic mm-hmm. gardener or a conventional gardener, right? So I guess when we're comparing, say, tomatoes that are available in December to tomatoes that are coming off of your vine right now, mm-hmm. those tomatoes in December are coming up from South America or something like that. So we're not making a, a tomatoes to tomatoes comparison here. No, we aren't. We're talking about two different products. Oh, absolutely. And and to your point, one, just growing stuff in your backyard. Mm-hmm. And I always say, grow what you eat. Don't grow something you're not going to eat, sure. right? Grow what you like. And then with the tomatoes, I've had tomato. I've had my own tomatoes clear into January and February mm-hmm. because before the first frost, when I and I keep track of that big time, I'll go and gather all my green tomatoes, and they are literally placed all over my house. Hmm. And just as they ripen, I will use them. And we have tomatoes into f- about February. I don't buy any tomatoes from the market. Okay. Rarely buy tomatoes from the market because I also dehydrate them mm-hmm. and we'll use those on salads. Do a lot of dehydrating. Okay. Perk your ears. Really easy. You slice up the tomato, however you're going to do it. And then I put a, a garlic herb little sprinkle on them, uh-huh. throw them in the dehydrator. It smells like an Italian restaurant for sure. about 24 hours in my house. And they are delicious. I can't keep them in the house. My kids devour them like chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do the same here. Yeah. Yeah, they don't last long. No, they don't. They're uh-uh. very tasty. Now, yeah. last time you were on, you had a nugget for us, and I, I want to get to it again. There was a way you were using green tomatoes oh. uh, to make, was it jelly? Yeah. Okay, what was that? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're a fan of raspberry jello, I grew up in Salt Lake City, so come on. Okay. Who doesn't like jello, right? You can take those green tomatoes, and I, I usually use my the little ones because they're not as easy to ripen and you can just pull them off the vine. You, th- you wash them well, and then you throw them in the Cuisinart. Okay, and then you want to grind them up so that they're kind of nubby, so that they almost have the look of a green raspberry product, right? And then you you cook them in a saucepan Mm -hmm. with some raspberry jello. And uh, girlfriend, it tastes like raspberry jelly. (laughs) (laughs) 
really? it's fantastic. Yes. Okay. And for years I did this and I would can it. I'd hot water bath this jelly. But in what I've learned with the Master Food Safety program is that there isn't an approved recipe out there. All of these recipes, okay. that that recipe right there comes from just people doing it over and over. And surely I have water bath canned it. But since then I have started, it's a freezer jelly. Okay. But I think I mentioned to you that for years, my daughter thought it was the real thing. Huh. She, you know, mama's uh, raspberry jelly. And funny, there aren't those little seeds in there. <laughs> no, uh-uh. except for a little bit of uh, tomato seed. But Interesting. yeah, it tastes just like the real deal. Now, for people who want to do this, who are interested in listening, but maybe they didn't plant a garden this year, maybe they didn't have the garden of their dreams, or they're thinking, well, this is something I want to do next year. This is not just something that is limited to the gardener or the small farmer. People can go out right now and they can buy fresh vegetables, they can buy fresh fruit, and they can still preserve and have you know this great tasting stuff later this winter that you're talking about. Absolutely. I think it's important to watch the ads from your local markets. Mm -hmm. I do. And I had waited all winter, all winter long to see when uh, pineapple would go on sale at uh, one particular store here in the valley because they always do it. It's a buck of pineapple. Those pineapples are usually about three pounds. So it's a great deal. And of course, we can't grow pineapple here in Idaho. So I'm going to contribute to my food mile by buying some pineapple when it goes on sale. And they did it this summer. Go figure. Mm -hmm. So uh, I knew that I couldn't get pineapple at a dollar a pineapple anywhere else. So I bought probably 30 or 40 pounds of it and dehydrated it. Okay. And it's fabulous dehydrated. Fabulous. So I think it's important to watch the ads. You can buy great produce, especially I think that I'm just I'm on the cusp of looking at at grape prices and thinking that grapes will come down there at 98 cents. I think I've seen them a pound. They're going to come down to 69 cents here pretty soon. And that's when I would dehydrate them for fabulous reasons. If you've never had a real home dehydrated raisin. Oh, my gosh. Sunmade, they do a good job, but I mean, it doesn't have anything on them. So yeah, raisins are are fantastic. Plus you have your farmer's markets. And I've been very lucky with going on to the Nextdoor app, Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and finding local producers, people who who are organic gardeners like I am. And they just have so much produce, they want to sell it mm-hmm. and go for it. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not the food preserver that you are, although we, we do a bit of dehydrating. Uh, we've done some freezer corn, which is really, really yes. good stuff. But I go on Craigslist as well because we have pigs. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people are with leftover fruits and vegetables and they just have to do something with them. Right. And we'll, we'll get a lot of them for our sow and our boar. You know, for our bigger pigs. Yeah. So So that's a really good point. If you're not giving your leftover food to the food bank, because there are some food banks that will take your garden stuff. If you're not doing that, make sure you put it on Craigslist and say, here it is. Come get it for Mm -hmm. your animals. Because the last thing we want to do is throw all that food and make it actually food waste into our landfill. Because it just emits greenhouse gases. We don't need that. And it's not just for animals, but uh, people can use that for compost and things like that as well. Absolutely. Although, I would caution you, you've got to make certain that your compost gets pretty hot. Otherwise, if you throw tomatoes in there, 
you'll have tomato sprouts all over wherever you spread it. (laughs) I know this because it happened to me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, we've had that. We've had tomatoes come up and we've had squash come up in our pig pens. Yes, exactly. See? Yeah. So if you don't, if it doesn't bake the seed just right, you've got some great seeds to plant through that compost. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Kind of fun. All right. Well, let's take another break. And when we come back, uh, I want to know more about your favorites. Things are heating up around here at D&B. You'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high-performance stoves from Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by D&B Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. Carhartt makes gear to get you through anything. So DMB Supply offers a wide selection to outfit any day, any task, and any weather. Built to stand the test of time and have your back no matter what comes your way. Carhartt clothing keeps you comfortable all day long. And for extra hard jobs, check out Carhartt Force, the line that wicks sweat, fights odors, releases stains, and works as hard as you do to outlast them all. Get decked out in Carhartt at DMB. All right, Gretchen. Well, let's talk some more about your favorites. So, I mean, you've already talked about pineapples, grapes, tomatoes, but you've got other methods and other favorites, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. Aside from, we always dehydrate uh, apples in the fall, and that's our snacking material, mm-hmm. you know. And we do a fair share of bananas as well. You can usually pick up a case of bananas at uh, at the food distribution centers, you know, for restaurants and stuff like that. Okay. They take back aged bananas okay and that's what you want you want the spotted bananas and so we'll dehydrate bananas and i'm currently out i don't have any dehydrated bananas because everybody ate them so you know those are those are some of our favorites and stuff we keep in the house really healthy snacking items probably one of my favorite things to do this time of year because the tomatoes are coming on so quickly is grabbing those tomatoes and washing them and either if they're little, I don't cut them, but if they're big, I'll, I'll slice them in half, throw them in a pan, put a little bit of olive oil on them, throw in some garlic cloves uh, from my garlic harvest and put them in the oven and roast them until, until you see the browns around the sides and all that. Okay. And this is the easiest way, I think, to preserve a tomato. Then you pull it out. You can put any kind of herb that you want in them. Sometimes I do Italian. Sometimes I d- I'll do like a Mexican blend. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just leave it, just garlic and the sauce. And what I'll do is I'll take those roasted tomatoes and they're wonderful. Wait, let them cool a little bit. Then I'll put them in my blender blend them up so that it's a a puree and then I put it through a strainer into some kind of a um, freezer container okay and that's our marinara that's our soup base that's our our stew base that's our pizza sauce all year long and we do a lot with that and it's probably the easiest way I always date and and say what I have in it Mm -hmm. because there's no way this old brain will remember what you know what now what did I do what did I put in that but I'm I finally used just finally used the last of last years and it's the best way I've found to preserve tomatoes for the way I use them very good yeah now other favorites for you backing up just a bit if Uh you want the uh, recipe for the 
green tomatoes that you nub up and, and make into raspberry jelly, just go on to my D, uh, D&B Supply website okay. and I've blogged about it. And okay. so you can get the, all the information there. My other favorite's corn and corn's coming on right now. Yeah. So you have to blanch it. And then plunge it into ice water, right? Is right. that what y'all did? Yeah, yeah. And then how many ears to a bag did you get? It depends on how big your ears yeah, are, right? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. Um, I think like, I want to say that I could get maybe four four ears into a Ziploc bag. Okay. And then we freeze that and eat that all winter long. And then beans. I've grown a bunch of beans this year. I really, when I think about it, I want to preserve the food that we're going to eat and finally, oh, here's a little nugget. A girlfriend gave me some blackberry, thornless blackberry starts mm-hmm. three years ago, Matt, three years ago. And I've been babying them along, babying, babying, nothing. I didn't have any berries until this year. And they're as big as my thumb oh, wow. and fabulous, absolutely fabulous. In fact, I think I like them more than my thornless raspberries. They are dwarf raspberry bushes. And I have to bend over to pick them uh-huh. <laughs> or squat. I really get a workout. It's like I'm in a yoga squat pulling all these berries <laughs> off. Um, but uh, the blackberries, I can stand up and pick and they are unbelievable. So I take them again, wash them really well, and then I'll put them on a cookie sheet mm-hmm. and freeze them individually. And then as soon as all of those are frozen, I'll grab all of them and throw them in a Ziploc bag. And then we use them just like we've used the raspberries all these years, all year long. Why do you freeze them on a cookie sheet rather than just in the Ziploc right away? Because if you wash them and throw them into a Ziploc, you're going to have the products uh, freeze to each other. These are now frozen individually on a cookie sheet. Good question. Yeah, you want them individual. So they're easier. You can take a whole bag, Matt, and you can just grab a handful of them rather than trying to break them apart if there was any moisture left to them. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Yeah, okay. All right, Gretchen. Well, let's take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of these changing methods when it comes to canning and pickling all of that. At D&B Supply, we believe happiness comes from the inside out, especially when it comes to our pets. So give them Hill Science Diet for many happy wags and purrs. Using only high-quality ingredients, Hill Science Diet is expertly crafted for lifelong health. With formulas for every age, size, and special nutritional requirements, from joint care, oral health, and weight management, it's the number one choice of vets to feed their pets. Keep your pet happy, go lucky, and pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B. We love George Strait for more than his music. After 56 number one singles, George is still a family man and a real cowboy. That's why we love him, and that's why he wears nothing but Wrangler. The George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler has a huge selection of styles a cowboy can be comfortable wearing anywhere. So head to your favorite D&B Supply and try the George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler. Long live cowboys. Well, all right, Gretchen, now that we're back, uh, I want to talk about methods for a second. Uh, you mentioned the changing pH of vinegar. Yeah. And so when it comes to to different methods of preserving, like canning, pickling, and, and things like that, it's ever-changing. Mm-hmm. And that's where people with qualifications like yourself, Master Food Safety. Advisors. In, advisors. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where that comes into play. Right. Okay. Right. The one thing that we always want to avoid is any kind of foodborne illness, whether it's uh, botulism or any of that. And so we always recommend that you set aside grandma's 
you know, old recipe, yeah. whether it's a relish or pickles or, or any of that, mm-hmm. and go to either the Ball Blue Book or, or some kind of reputable source, whether it's a university or the Center for Canning, mm-hmm. National Preservation uh, Center, and find a recipe there because those recipes, Matt, have been tested. They've been tested. Everything is just right with them and they're approved. And so take grandma's recipe and go look in those sources, whether it's okay. any of those that I just mentioned and see if you can find a recipe that's really close to it. Okay. And that's what we try to do with the extension office. And so if you're listening to this and you do have a recipe that, that you've loved for a long, long time that was handed down to you, as many of us do, I have a chili sauce, the same thing, my grandma's chili sauce. You just need to find something that is very similar that has been tested and approved because it's foodborne illness that we want to avoid. So somewhere out there, somebody's listening and going, well, it was safe for grandma. Hasn't killed me yet. Hasn't killed me yet. (laughs) And yet being the operative term, right? (laughs) Right. right. But they're saying they're sitting there going, well, three generations, you know, nothing's happened, but we've got changing technologies, changing equipment. Is that the reason for updating it all the time? the, The equipment has changed just a little bit. Technology has changed just a little bit, but what it has changed is the one, the, uh, pH level in our soil has changed. Okay. So tomatoes have a different pH level now and the acidity and vinegar has changed back when my grandma was making chili sauce and when my husband's grandma was making green stuff is what it was called Uh a wonderful mustard relish. The acidity level for vinegar was around six, seven percent. Now you get four and five percent. So that significantly changes the pH level. So you want to make sure that you have something that's been tested and approved. All right. Well, that makes sense. And I'm assuming with the different pH, it's going to take longer or something like that, or I don't know. I'm I'm coming from a, from a very very lame standpoint. <laughs> I love it because there are other people listening who yeah, are like yeah, that as well. Yeah. What may have worked before to make it safe no longer happening. Exactly. It's okay. a whole new ball game. Okay. And that's and and here's a good little story. You know, I was a longtime canner. Mm-hmm. My grandma taught me. My mom also taught me. And after I went through the safety course and I got certified. I went home and I took everything out of my cupboard that I had canned the prior season and maybe a season before that and dumped it. Oh, really? Because I couldn't be certain that I didn't use somebody's blog post uh-huh. to, you know, recipe right. to can it or that I didn't make it up myself, you know? <laughs> okay. So I dumped it all and started new. And now what I give out to my friends, I said, you know, I'm a, I'm an advanced master gardener, advanced uh, master food safety advisor. So this shiz, S-H-I-Z-Z, is safe <laughs> to eat so that they know that someone who has been certified put this in, in the jar. I'm uh, sometimes skeptical of people who give me home canned stuff because you just don't know what the practice was. Sure. For that reason, at the fair, not a fun fact, but an interesting point. Nobody tastes the canned foods. Interesting. We it's just it's all visual. Yeah. Nobody tastes them because we can't know that it was by right. a certified right. person or help from a certified source. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Do you judge down at the fair? I've not judged, but I've certainly worked the culinary <laughs> department. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's take our final break and then when we come back I want to ask a little bit more about safety and about resources and things like that. Sure. Are you ready for a steel? Then stop by D&B to pick up steel power tools. German engineered, these power players offer quality that never quits. 
like the Steel MS-271 Farm Boss Chainsaw, available for just $429.95 with a 20-inch bar and chain. Show your project list who's boss and leave it in your sawdust. With legendary chainsaws, dependable trimmers, forceful blowers, and epic tools of the trade, steel powers through anything. Grab a steel at your favorite D&B supply. You work hard, you play hard, and you wear burn. Durable clothing that fits the bill no matter what you're up to. Available at your favorite D&B. Since 1915, Burn has supplied busy Americans with workwear made right, made affordable, and made to get to work. Whether you're earning a living or just living large, Burn clothing is rugged, comfortable, and perfect for the whole family. Pick up Burn gear at D&B Supply and be ready for wherever life takes you. All right, Gretchen. Well, let's talk a little bit more about safety. And I want to ask you about safety when people are using hot water bath methods and things like that. Mm -hmm. There's some safety considerations there, aren't there? Sure. And that's the most popular way of canning is the, the hot water bath method. And again, reach out to your extension office if you don't have the knowledge. But here's a few fun facts that I learned about hot water bath. One, where we live here in the Boise area, and I know that this goes out to a lot of people. Sure. So you have to consider your elevation. Okay. And most of our recipes in this area, when I'm hot water bathing in the Treasure Valley, I have to add five minutes to the time on the recipe. The other thing is, is once it's finished, you have to turn off the, the heat, open the lid and put five more minutes on. Okay. And just let it sit, let it ride. And then when you pull the cans out, the jars out, so you lift the jar holder or you take a a jar grabber, Uh don't tip it to get the water off the top. Okay. Because that can potentially compromise your seal that you have on the jar, between the jar and the lid. So you want to pull it straight out and transfer it over to your towel that you're going to set them on and let them cool for 24 hours. And hopefully you'll hear that familiar clicking sound when when the airlock occurs, right? And you always test the top. But I would always, man, I'd always pull out my jars and get the water off, you Uh know, tip it and get the water off, potentially compromising the seal. Okay. So straight up, take it over and I'm telling you that water will evaporate. It's like (laughs) magic. It's like magic. So that's really important to know and to follow the directions. And interestingly, you know, they used to have us in the old, good old days. You have the rings and the lids, right? Mm-hmm. That you put on the jars. Well, now on most lid boxes, it will tell you to just wash them in warm, soapy water hmm. and not boil them. So follow the directions. It's always important to just, you know, read those directions. Okay. And if it says warm, soapy water, do that. Don't, don't boil them. You'd be surprised at what a lot of people do. <laughs> it hasn't killed me yet. Yeah, and exactly. I, and we all say yet. Watch out. <laughs> okay. Now, are there safety concerns or things we should look out for when we're pickling? Good question. What did uh, my dear friend Angel pickled a whole bunch of asparagus two years ago? And for some reason, there was a purple tinge to the asparagus. And so we had to trace it all down as, as master food safety advisors. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't anything that was uh, dangerous. It certainly didn't look great. <laughs> right. But I, I can't remember exactly what the cause of it was. But the, the, the asparagus was good. You just want to start with fresh produce. Don't 
try to can anything that's old. Okay. It's not going to be a good quality product. And when it calls for vinegar, use the 5%. You got to make certain that when you purchase it at the store, you look at the acidity level Mm -hmm. because there is 4% and you want 5%. Okay. And then one other thing, when it says lemon juice, you know, when you're supposed to add the lemon juice, we have to add acid to these products for the preservation values. When it says lemon juice, we're not talking about fresh lemon juice. Okay. You know, when I'm thinking, well, gosh, that's the better stuff, right? Right, right. It's actually, all those recipes have been tested with that real lemon, kind of nasty stuff that you wouldn't want to make lemonade out of. I okay. I, I hate to, to say that, but it's, I mean, there's a better product out there that tastes fresher, mm-hmm. but all of the recipes have been done with the familiar green bottle. Yes. You know, the lemon, lemon juice that... Uh, while it's not great for putting in your iced tea, I don't think it's great for recipes. Now, you mentioned earlier tipping your jars and it can harm your seal or damage your ability for it to seal. Yes. So if somebody is coming in with a problem with their jar sealing, how can they fix that or, or what can they do with the product if it didn't seal? If it didn't seal, and, and that's usually, a, I would say, an issue with maybe the length of canning it, the processing time, uh-huh. or the fact that the rims weren't clean. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to clean the rims off before you put the lid on. Okay. You can start over. You can uh, reprocess it. Okay. And follow the directions because in the directions it will say clean off the top of the jar, place on the lid, and uh, put the ring on and tighten it to just finger tightness. Okay. That usually doesn't happen. The other thing that's interesting, Matt, is that storing these foods... So many of us will leave the rings on, right? Mm -hmm. You want to take those off when you store them. Okay. Because if something's going to um, lose its its seal, Uh you want it to. There's a reason why. So before you ever eat something that's canned, you want to make sure that it still has a seal, right? Uh But you don't want the ring on there because that will keep it sealed artificially. You want to make sure the seal is there Okay. without the ring. Okay. I know it goes against conventional wisdom. The ring is the part you screw on and off of the jar. Yes. Uh-huh. And you want to, after it's sealed, you want to unscrew that, take that off, store those. Mm-hmm. and the- Label and store at that point. And, and the other thing, if you can avoid it, we and we always recommend, don't put anything on top of it. Okay. Right? So you, you want to make sure that that is a true seal. And if it uh, comes undone, you don't want to eat it. Very interesting. So the jars are actually just sitting there with just the seal on top. The seal's been made, and then you can detect if something's Right. Wrong. And to give you a good example of it, I did some pickle lily, I think is what it's called. It's a pickle relish last year. Um, I was trying to find a recipe that's close to the green stuff, right? Okay. So I did a pickle lily. It was from the Blue Book. And I took the rings off, and I've had them in my cupboard, and I took some down to Salt Lake this past weekend. And it was... I left it accidentally in our hot car, you know, and it gets mm-hmm. way above 100 degrees sure. in the hot car. And then it cools down and then it gets hot again. That seal remained. Nothing changed on it. So it was a good, successful seal on it. Right. Okay. okay. Now, if you've done that and you've got the, you've got the rings off, mm-hmm. but you're going to take three or four jars over to, you know, your sister's house or something to give as a gift. Mm-hmm. And you're going to transport. Should you just put the rings back on just so those seals don't get knocked off and, and transport or well, something Well, like we that? transferred it, transported the piccalilli down to Salt Lake without the ring on. However, so many people are used to having that ring on. Yeah. 
at Christmas time, I'll put, you know, Christmas material yeah. on top and yeah. put the ring on it so that it looks really pretty. But I always recommend once when I give it to them, take the ring off, okay. please. And, okay. and don't set anything on top and eat it soon. Enjoy it soon, <laughs> especially since they know that it's come yeah. from a tested and approved recipe. Okay. Now, there was something I read about called siphoning. Uh, when you're doing this, some of your material, it, it seems like you have less material in the jar when you get done. Oh, um, yeah. Is that something you've ever encountered or know anything about? You know, most of the time I get, I have more product than what the oh. recipe calls for. And as home canners, we'll always experience this mm-hmm. because when the recipe was done, uh, when it was created, you got to wonder how, how small did they chop those peaches you know, were they bigger pieces? Were they smaller pieces? And why do I have some left over when I shouldn't, when it says it's going to give me eight half pints, mm-hmm. right? So what you want to do is try and do the recipe as close as you can to what what is on the paper on the recipe, right? Mm-hmm. If you have leftover, you throw it in a container and you put it in the fridge. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Otherwise, you don't want to can, if you're going to hot water bath, you don't want to hot water bath anything that isn't going to be to the specifications of the recipe, namely quarter inch, uh, half inch headspace. Okay. And if you don't know what headspace is, that's where the product comes up in the jar and it's the distance between the top of the product to the top of the lid. Okay. And it's important to follow that because it's been tested with that amount Mm -hmm. of space. And that's where you get the airlock. Let's talk resources really quick before we wrap up. So uh, where can people go for more information? Ah, okay. I love the extension service. I used it before I ever became a master food safety advisor. And if you're interested in the classes, they are fabulous. Okay. Absolutely fabulous. So call your extension agent. Anytime you want to find a recipe or just tool around for recipes, make sure that it's from a university. Or from the Ball Blue Book. Okay. Okay. And for those of you who like sugar-free recipes, I always go right to Splenda because they've tested their recipes. Hmm. If they have some sugar-free, because there's diabetics who need sugar-free recipes. Right, right. So those are great resources. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on again. Oh, Matt. And being the Alec Baldwin of the the D&B Supply show. I really appreciate it. It's always just wonderful to speak with you and such great information. Really appreciate your time. Again, my pleasure. Thank you all for joining us today and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.